morning. Good morning. Our first scripture is from the book of 2 Peter, in the third chapter, verses 8 through 15a. I also will be reading from the Common English Version. Um, we use the Common English Bible for our third graders, third through fifth graders until confirmation class. Um, it's just a great translation that's very accessible. It's probably, hopefully not a lot different from what you're reading. But you're welcome to follow along in your food Bibles as well. Please listen for the word of the Lord. Don't let it escape your notice, dear friends, that with the Lord a single day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a single day. The Lord isn't slow to keep his promise, as some think of slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to change their hearts and lives. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and on that day the heavens will pass away with a dreadful noise, and the elements will be consumed by fire, and the earth and all the works done on it will be exposed since everything will be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be? You must live holy and godly lives, waiting for and hastening the coming day of God. And because of that day, the heavens will be destroyed by fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found by him in peace, pure and faultless. Consider the patience of our Lord to be salvation, just as our dear friend and brother Paul wrote to you, according to the wisdom, wisdom given to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. O holy and gracious God, on this, the second Sunday of Advent, we come waiting for the Christ child. Help us, O God. Help us to get ready. Help us to get ready in our homes, in our lives, in our whole community and world. And I pray that through the gift of your grace, you will pour through me the gift of preaching that my words will become your word for us this day, your life-giving word. I pray in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Okay, Sunnyside, we're almost there. The sermon and scripture comes halfway through the service. So if you take a big breath in, you can smell it, right? <laughs> Christmas brunch is coming. Can you tell I like food just a little bit? <laughs> I love to gather around the table. Yes, I love it. Amen. <sighs> I love the communion table. I love the fellowship hall tables. I love tables near and far. I love getting together around the table. But today I recognize for a Christmas brunch with more than 100 people who gather, it takes many, many months and many people and much work and strategy to get ready for a day like this. There's finding the right date. There's finding the right chairperson. There's finding the right subcommittees. There's finding the right decorations. 
someone who can oversee the sign-up genius, someone who can help with crafts and the kids. Hosting a brunch for Sunnyside is no small feat. In the same way this weekend, we celebrated Jubilee Christmas yesterday, another way that we celebrate Advent, coming together with many volunteers from First Presbyterian and Sunnyside Presbyterian, coordinating with St. Vincent de Paul to gather just the right gifts, to make just the right deliveries on the right day to the person who can receive them in a hidden bag or box so that no Christmas presents are, are accidentally revealed. It is no small effort when we gather. Whether we come around the table, whether we work in the community, it is a practice that requires preparation. It requires planning. It requires waiting. Truth be told, I'm not a big fan of waiting. And really, does anyone like to wait? I'd like to meet you, because I don't know you yet. Who really wants to wait for things to come to fruition? If I look back on some of my earliest memories, I think about the Christmas tree. And if I'm honest, it was like torture having those presents come out early, seeing the boxes. There were more than one present I broke by my sheer volition of shaking, trying to figure out what was in the box. Waiting is not my favorite thing. That is how we meet our disciples in 2 Peter today. They were waiting. They'd been told that Christ was coming back. They'd been told Christ was coming soon, and so it was time for them to be ready. Every day they needed to prepare because Christ would soon be back. And so they did it. They followed up on this. They prepared themselves. They acted ready for Christ's return. And a year went by, and then a couple years went by, and a few decades went by, and that's when this letter was written. Because the neighboring community started to say, what is it with this group of people who are Christ followers? They keep saying Christ is coming back but we haven't seen any Christ yet. So they mocked the disciples. They questioned their belief. Nobody really likes to wait, do they? The disciples found themselves in a little bit of a precarious situation. We don't know when. We don't know how but we know that Christ will come again. It is a long time to wait. But friends, it is, a, it is a wait worth it in the end. It is a wait that tells us there is a time when righteousness will come to dwell on all the earth. When there is a new heaven, when there is a new earth, it is a place when God is at home among us. I'm in. The prophet Isaiah speaks words of comfort to the people Israel. The prophet comes saying, comfort, comfort my people, because they had been waiting. They were longing for God to come. 
They were looking for God's power to come. The word comfort may associate for you that of a soft, comfortable blanket. For our youth who slept here last night and our adults who slept on air mattresses, you may be thinking of the comfort of a nice, soft bed right about now, right? That's right. (laughs) But comfort in a bed and the softness of a blanket wasn't the comfort that, that Isaiah had in mind. Instead, it was a comfort that was strong, a comfort that is firm, a comfort of the truth of God's word for them. So Christ comes to us in comfort. Christ moves into our world, into the harshest of places, not always making a pretty table to sit with, sometimes making discomfort as we all are invited to gather around. Christ comes into these places. There may be hunger, and Christ comes into the hunger. There may be, um, there may be disease, Christ touches our disease. Christ comes into our world, into the mess that we've made to show us the way, to be the way. We need God's presence. We need God to make all things right, and even in the middle of it, in the middle of us, Christ is the one who comes to us in our sin. Christ is the one who brings us deliverance in our lives and makes us a new creation. So today, even while we are waiting, we are invited to come, prepare, allow Christ to move into our life. Today, on the second Sunday of Advent, we often preach with the lectionary, along with the second Peter text, the story of John the Baptist, a story of John calling people from the wilderness, call a call to repentance, a call to turn to God. Eugene Peterson translates the New Testament. He was a pastor who knew the Greek language very well, and he decided to translate the Old and New Testament into a modern-day translation that's easy to read. Here are the last verses of 2 Peter 3 from Eugene Peterson's translation of the message. Since everything here today might be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? The galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day, but we will hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped with righteousness. This is what you have to look forward to. Eugene Peterson says the galaxies will burn up, the elements will melt down. It is as if the sky will fall, and yet we will hardly notice. How can that be? Because we are invited, turn to God.
return to God. And we will see the joy of a new heaven and a new earth and God with us. All of this because God shows us patient love. God waits for all to come to salvation so that none will be lost. Friends, it is a long wait. It is difficult to wait. But God promises all this waiting, it is to make sure everyone is ready, to make sure no one is lost. So maybe you, like me, like many of our church fellowship committee and, and our church committees have been busy this Advent season getting ready for Christmas. At my house, we put up the tree. We nestled within the tree ornaments from family vacation, ornaments from kindergarten and early elementary school. Here at church, we've set up our nativity. We've hung our, our ornaments. We've decorated to prepare. And today, we have a wonderful crew who has put together a terrific brunch for us. But let us remember, the most important preparation is to remind ourselves that a savior is coming. We are called to prepare the way. That may mean inviting someone new to your table, remembering that not everyone can be at that table. For those who are lost and the saints in heaven, for those who are hungry and do not have access to food so near, for those who live in times of war and violence and conflict and oppression, let us remember they are, we are all invited. Make straight the way of the Lord, John the Baptist says. Let us get ready for our Savior's coming. For the King is coming, and we are invited to repair the way in our lives and in our world. So it's time to open our hearts. It's not an easy road to walk. It's not an easy road to hold one's heart open to God and the world to turn to God. But let us not give up. Not even 2,000 years after Christ's birth, we do not give up on the God who does not give up on us. May we have the courage to turn to God, to open our hearts to our Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen.